Just saw a mother walk into a classroom with a handheld radiation meter and proceed to tell the teacher that little Billy needs to sit in the back corner of the classroom because of the toxic school Wi-Fi radiation. What other insane things have you seen slash heard of that these helicopter moms do? Joke's on her when I tell her that visible light is also quote-unquote toxic radiation. Maybe she'll go back to whatever cave she crawled out of, this time with their lights turned out. What I don't get here is that mom was perfectly happy with other children getting killed by the supposedly lethal radiation. Surely, if she was so confident it was toxic, she would have nobly saved the whole class by getting them out of there. But I guess she believes Wi-Fi is toxic, so logic should not be expected. I work in HR at a large telecommunications company. We usually sit in the conference room and can see slash hear the interview candidates while they are waiting in the lobby. This poor guy was probably 19 or 20, and his mother wanted to go into the interview with him. We actually had to ask her to wait outside the lobby, because even after being asked to sit down, she said it was her, quote, right to be in there. WTF? Guy didn't end up getting the job, and she later called and asked where she could send an appeal letter. Wish I had saved that letter. It was intense. I made a really great friend in high school. He and I were as thick as thieves. Early on in the friendship, my parents took us to a movie. I don't remember the movie, but the start of it got delayed by technical difficulties by about 20 minutes. My parents called from their cell to let my friend's mother know, but only got the voicemail. Thinking that would suffice, we all proceeded to have a good time. Fast forward to the end of the movie, my mom turns her cell phone on and discovers her voicemail box is suddenly full. 20, I believe, was her limit. All of them were my friend's mother calling, pleading for us to return her son, and she would pay any amount we demanded, and that if we called back soon, she wouldn't go to the police. She literally had thought we kidnapped him. Suffice to say, when we got home only 20 minutes later than planned, the conversation was rather awkward. My dad figured out exactly how long it took to walk home from school. As in, literally walked it himself, and then gave me exactly that long to get home every day. If I was more than five minutes late, I got a beating for, quote, screwing around. Then they got mad that I had no friends, and after a protracted argument and fight, I got an extra 15 minutes to make friends after school. That winter, I got in a snowball fight and was having fun and didn't realize I'd gone a little too long. So dear old dad drove to my school and started wandering around, bellowing my name until he found me. That was a blast. I believe this is the year after he stood in front of my entire class and told them to start being nice to me. I'm so glad I change schools every year. That sucks. I know the feeling, though. My friends almost never wanted to come to my house, and I pretty much blame it on my folks. My dad was just an embarrassment, blew up on me for having friends over once, and told me I couldn't have anyone in the house unless I asked. This was in front of my friends, whom I had known for years and whom were also let in my house by my mother right before she went to work. Then there were two instances where I asked if some friends could spend the night got what was basically a yes, and then they ended up having to leave because my mother said that since she didn't talk to their parents, again, the first instance where people I had known for years, it would be considered kidnapping. Then the second time, my dad barged into the room, screamed at me, and called my friends bums to their faces, telling them they had to leave. Needless to say, I didn't have many visitors over, and my social life was almost non-existent. There was a girl in my fifth grade class whose mother would take an hour out of her day to come supervise recess. Every five minutes, she'd blow a whistle and go, Emmy, it's time for your shade break. And, just like clockwork, Emmy would have to go sit in the shade for five minutes. This crap got really annoying when we would play team sports. No one wanted Emmy on their team. 
Went to a playgroup for children with special needs involved with infant development. Talked to a mom after I noticed that she wouldn't let her son off the mat he was playing on, chit-chatting, all the while she was stopping her kid from going off the mat, when I said something along the lines of, wow, your son really wants off that mat. She replied deadpan with, well, he was a preemie, so I got to protect him from the world. My daughter is blind, has albinism and nystagmus. She was rolling, yelping, and climbing up everything like a spider monkey. Ugh. When I worked at a coffee shop with the most helium-like, whiny freaking voice imaginable, came and ordered a seven-step customized drink and threw a fit when we just asked her to repeat it. Oh no! Am I the bad guy? I'm sorry! I thought you'd be able to speak English! Then she goes, in the same whiny, begging voice, Can my son have a job? I hand her a job application. He already sent one in! Can you just hire him? Can he have a job? I tell her if he's sent an application, he'll get a call when the manager looks through the stack. We had like 20 applications at any given point. So he's just going to be one in the pile? Yeah, that's not going to work. He's a great kid. Just freaking hire him. Just to get rid of her, I wrote down her son's name and say I'll look into it. I hand her her drink and she leaves. My manager, who heard her screeching voice from the back room, immediately calls me over to see that kid's name. He digs through the pile of applications and immediately shreds the kid's application. His only words, if we hire him, his mother is going to be here all the time. I once interviewed someone for an entry-level job. The next day, I got a follow-up call from his mother. This kid had not made the cut. He didn't interview confidently and didn't enunciate very well. Not good for a call center job. But I hadn't passed that on to HR yet. I told this woman a little white lie, though. I informed her that he had been in the running, but since he can't be counted on to do his own follow-up, he's clearly not the kind of employee I want. When I was in high school, I would go teach French to elementary school children with a few friends of mine. I used to do magic tricks for the kids because they would go absolutely ape and they all loved it. One day I was teaching them, and I told them I had a special trick. I did the Balducci levitation for them, and they went ballistic. Afterwards, the teacher pulls me aside and sternly tells me I'm lucky she didn't throw me out of the classroom because one of the students, who happened to be absent that day, is, and I quote, anti-Wiccan, and isn't allowed to view, quote, black magic. Had a helicopter mom who became one of the middle school's lunch monitors in order to help her kid make more friends. She would carry around candy and would only give it out to people that were friends of her child, literally denying others if she didn't know them. Ah yes, bribery to make friends. That's surely a good way to show your kids. You haven't seen anything until you've seen helicopter hockey parents. They don't only hover over their kids, they encourage horrible sportsmanship. A few years ago, when my goalie brother was playing Squirt AA, so about age 9 to 10, the opposing team equipped themselves with the age-old strategy of run the goalie. The coaches were in on this. The parents cheered bloodthirstily whenever these little jerks ran into my brother, and they kept this up more than they attempted to score. My brother had had enough. 
Poor kid snapped and walloped the next boy who skidded into his crease, the net area, which was totally justifiable by that point. This redneck-looking woman and her husband immediately got up, started screeching about their poor precious Joey, and get that goalie out of there, ref. Eventually, their whole cheering system was on their feet and yelling out obscene stuff about taking my brother out. To ten-year-olds. They all got escorted out by security. You cannot make this crap up. I have a cousin who lives in northern Michigan where youth hockey is a very big deal. My cousin was voted president of the league one year, and his first priority was to get the parents to only encourage good sportsmanship and friendly competition. He sent out over a dozen letters before the season even started to the parents of players throughout the league, stating that any parents seen shouting profanity, encouraging violence, or cheating, etc., would be permanently banned from all future games. The first round of the season starts, and it was a disaster. Parents were worse than usual, and several people were arrested at different games for fighting in the stands. Needless to say, the letters hadn't worked. So, my cousin decides to hold a meeting for players and coaches only to discuss the problem. After having the police forcibly vacate a few parents who didn't agree with the quote, players and coaches only aspect of the meeting, he asked the players what they wanted to do. Most of the players actually said they didn't want their parents to come to games. Most of them weren't trying to go pro. They just enjoyed playing hockey and their parents were ruining it for them. So, they took a vote at the meeting and my cousin sent out one last letter that simply said parents slash step-parents slash foster parents slash legal guardians, etc. were no longer allowed at official league games. If a parent was spotted, that team would forfeit the game. If they came a second time, that team forfeit the season. My cousin got some death threats, but nothing ever came of it. We decided to teach the Hunger Games in English last year. I had a few parents raise concerns because they had heard a few rumors, but it was nothing a quick conference and a little reassuring couldn't fix. Until Mrs. Bickerstaff happened. Now, Mrs. Bickerstaff had an inflated sense of self-importance to begin with. A housewife who, with complete seriousness, signs her emails Mrs. Nolanda Charlene Bickerstaff Esquire type of self-important. She not only pitched the biggest of fits about not allowing her son to read it, we offered an alternative to kids whose parents put their foot down and said no, but embarked on a six-month campaign to get the school shut down unless we pulled the book from curriculum for everyone. She disenrolled her son, threatened to sue us for the cost of sending him to an expensive private school, and called every parent in the school to try to get them to do the same. When she didn't have any success with that, she went to the local news and told them what was going on. What resulted was a flattering news story that reported our high test scores and innovative approach to learning. We're a charter school. I should mention that she didn't read the book. Alrighty, I have a few. I worked at Whole Foods, and that is ground zero for lunatic parents. Number one, there was the, quote, nutritionist and her mom that didn't want anything scanned because of the, quote, radiation. Number two, one lady was going on and on about how her son was corn-free, egg-free, dairy-free, and soy-free because that's what her chiropractor told her to do. I wanted to apologize to that kid so bad. Number three. When I worked at a cooking store, like Williams-Sonoma, I had a lady come in with her tween-age kids trying to find glass baking dishes because, quote, metal is bad for you. I suggested silicone, and she said that was worse. So, I suggested parchment paper, but she already used that. I had a hard time holding back the massive smile when I told her that parchment has silicone in it. Every time she would go off on something, her kids would just roll their eyes.
didn't see it personally, but a few years ago there was an article in my local newspaper about a mother cleaning the vegetables she was cooking for her family in bleach. Didn't realize she was doing anything wrong until one of her children nearly died. I was not allowed to walk to school by myself even though it was literally one block away from my house because my mom said I would get forced upon. I was in junior high. I was never allowed to be unattended and was not allowed to go to friends' houses because my parents did not trust other parents. This extended all the way through high school until I started, quote, acting out and they sent me to a lockdown mental health treatment facility. My childhood was painfully lonely to say the least. I was volunteering for this thing two years ago where we helped freshmen haul their stuff, mostly tampons and televisions, into the dorms. One mom came at the end of the day and flipped her lid because her daughter's roommates already divided up the space, she was last to get there, and, oh yes, because her daughter didn't get the dorm with the swimming pool. Yes, her daughter had to change dorms because it was too dang hard to walk to the two buildings in a 50-foot radius to use the swimming pool. Her daughter was really chill, though. Let's hope she stays that way. Pro tip for younger Redditors, if you're going to bring your parents with you into an admissions interview for a graduate program, it won't hurt your chances of getting in, but it will make you the laughing stock of the admissions department for the day. My brother is an admissions counselor at a major American university for one of their graduate schools. He told me that it's not an uncommon thing these days for helicopter parents to attend their children's admissions interviews with them. These are people in their 20s taking their parents with them to admissions interviews for graduate school. My jaw dropped when I heard this. We know them as umbrella parents because they cover you from everything. Poncho parents are more extreme. They're the parents that won't allow computer access without them right there, put huge restrictions on TV, G or PG, kids like 16, won't allow any video games, etc. Anyways, a poncho parent I know managed to keep her 16-year-old son under the delusion that girls are gross and have cooties. My cousin has a helicopter mom, very controlling and dominant. Kate never got to think for herself, never had to learn discipline, financial or personal. She never had to. Her mom did it all for her. When Kate finally got into university and was away from her mother for the first time in her life, Kate went completely off the rails, since to all extents she was an 18-year-old with the maturity of an 8-year-old. She would struggle to fill out basic paperwork and forms for the class, since she'd had no experience of it. Worst of all was that she had no experience of the opposite sex, since she'd been sheltered all her life, and so she got taken advantage of frequently. What was even more stupid was that her mom still to this day does not see where she went wrong. She can't realize or admit that she weakened her child by removing life opportunities that strengthen a personality. In high school, I was friends with this girl we'll call Judy. Judy's mom was really strict slash overprotective and she could never go anywhere with us. And when she did, she'd inevitably end up grounded. She could never hang out and she wasn't allowed to have friends over very often. Once when I was at her house, she got grounded for yelling at the dog. This led to a rebellion where Judy just stopped doing anything her mom told her. She started drinking heavily whenever she could, and she also smoked weed and did whatever pills or drugs people had. She always had to babysit her if she came out with us. This went on for a few months, and she met this guy. We'll call him Tom. He was about 25, and the kind of dude that's every parent's worst fear. Judy came from a good upper-middle-class family, her dad was a dentist, that sort of thing. Tom was a 25-year-old burnout, and he was on house arrest when Judy met him. It was love at first sight for her, even though we all tried to talk her out of it. 
She started hanging out at Tom's house anytime she could. She'd skip school to go over there, sneak out of the house at night, that sort of thing. Well, it's no surprise what happened next. Judy got pregnant. She was eight months along at her high school graduation and married Tom and had the baby shortly thereafter. Moral of the story, don't be a ridiculously strict parent because your child will rebel and bad things will happen. P.S. The same exact thing happened to Judy's sisters when they got older. Sad stuff. Edited to update. Judy and Tom stayed married for 10 plus years. I don't keep up with her, but from what I've heard, she went on to become a hairdresser. Tom stayed out of trouble and the kid turned out okay. He'll be 20 now. Dang, that makes me feel kind of old. I had a friend, Christina, whose mom was like that but more crazy. She had divorced parents who split custody pretty evenly. When she was with her dad, things were good, but when she was with her mother, if her mother ever saw her talking to a boy, even a male cashier at a store, she was grounded. She wasn't allowed to have friends over and she wasn't allowed to go out anywhere besides school without her mom. Even when she was staying with her father, she would get called at least once an hour. Needless to say, she rebelled. Girl was a notorious nympho and a bit of an exhibitionist. She would flash cars, make out with anyone at the drop of a hat, and pleasure her boyfriends in public spaces. I refused to go to a movie theater with her because of how she would defile the place. Thankfully, she was smart enough to use protection and wasn't interested in drugs. Hilariously, when her mother met me, she decided on the spot that I wasn't allowed to be her friend because I was such a bad influence. Apart from my looks at the time, I was a poser punk slash goth slash whatever girl. I was perfect. I didn't do drugs, had decent grades, I was the only one of our friends involved with church and volunteering, and I was waiting for marriage before giving up my V-card. This woman met me at a school event, and because I was wearing a hoodie during the summer, she accused me of being a cutter and drug dealer in front of my own mother, and then proceeded to shame my mother for allowing me to have a boyfriend. My mom even felt sorry for her daughter. Yeah, this goes without saying, but you can't prepare your child for the world if you're their only world. Kids are going to screw up, act out, argue with you, all that stuff. That doesn't make them bad people and need a constant supervision. If anything, that makes it worse because you're judging their every move. Paranoia is contagious. Instead, learn to accommodate their needs, but talk with them about what they want. Now, if they want to do hard drugs, that's probably not going to end well, but you can be a parent without being a bodyguard. I wish I had seen this thread earlier, but here goes. I'm a preschool teacher for ages 3 to 4 years old. One day, one of my girls, fake name Abby, is playing with, fake name, Becky's security blanket during free time. Becky wants her blanket back, so she asks Abby to get off. Abby refuses, so Becky pulls the blanket from under her and Abby cries. I tell Abby that she needs to listen to what Becky is saying and respect her friend's belongings. I also tell Becky that next time, instead of pulling the blanket from under Abby, she should just come tell a teacher. Maybe five minutes later, while I'm passing out snacks, Abby flips into a crazy rage and runs towards Becky, tackles her, and takes a huge bite out of her shoe. Plastic literally came off. I pull Abby off and try as calmly as I can to ask her why the heck she attacked Becky. Basically, it was revenge for getting her in trouble and taking the blanket away from her. Now, here's the mother part. I write an incident report telling both parents what happened, and, of course, I put Abby in the thinking chair for such an outrageous attack and call her mom, leaving a message and whatnot. But the next day, Abby's mom comes in and finds the child that got bitten, Becky, and tells her that if she hadn't yanked the blanket out from under Abby, maybe she wouldn't have attacked you. 
Of course, I asked the parent to leave immediately and to not speak to the children, that Abby was the one who attacked out of spite, and that her child's reaction was not an appropriate one that could be excused in my classroom. The mom got so mad at me for defending Becky, a three-year-old, that she reported me to my supervisor for being unprofessional. I still have my job, but mom withdrew her child. But seriously? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.